Good evening, everyone. So we're going to continue with our discussion this evening of the Bhagavat Sandarbha. We're in the 47th Anucheda. His name, form, actions, and attributes are transcendental. The 47th Anucheda deals with Jiva's already established that the Lord's self is is eternal, and now he's talking about in this 47th Anucheda those things that directly are related to him are also eternal, like his name is eternal, his actions, his activities. And that's kind of what we're speaking about now and related to your question, that all of his all of his lila is also eternal. It's going on perpetually. And as I explained at the end of the last class, it's important that we don't see this through our mundane vision. We would think, because we have no we have no point of reference when it comes to understanding the eternal pastimes of the Lord. We're used to beginning, middle, and end. When we talk about this, we say that the Lord's pastimes end one place and they begin in another place and they're always going on, therefore. That's not the only, it's not like a reel of film where here's a frame and then that ray flame frame is done on that projector and now it's on the next projector. It's not like that. We shouldn't look at it like that. Because also we can look and used as the example by Jiva Goswami in order to make this point is let's remember the, the, the Rasalila and the fact that Krishna was with, with each of the gopis at the same time, simultaneously acting differently according to the mood of loving relationship that each individual gopi had with him. Or the queens of Dwarka. Every day they went through the same, they all were feeding Krishna, but they're all feeding, they're all engaged in that service, but it's, it's different. The meal's different. The cook's different. The children around the table are different. And it's not that they, those activities would go on precisely at exactly the same time. Sometimes breakfast could be a little late. <laughs> maybe there's some special preparation. Or maybe Krishna's so involved with his sons or his, you know, that there's, there's no, uh, that he, he delays eating. So the point is, the point that's being made here is the prakash manifestations, both prakat and aprakat. You know the difference, okay? Prakat means manifest in what we would say the empiric realm of, of material senses. Of course, we know that's not really the apt definition. Why? Because Atashri Krishna Namadi, the material senses can't perceive the Lord. They weren't made by Brahma to perceive spirit. They were made by Brahma to perceive matter. So if the if you're seeing the Lord manifest before you, even in what is the quote quote material world, you've left the material world. Because when you see Krishna, he's not in the material world. He's brought his spiritual world. He's brought everything. It's so, you could say it's ununderstandable, but it's not ununderstandable. But we need to understand the, the ideas behind it 
and then we can comprehend it. So it's beyond material comprehension, but it's not beyond understanding on the spiritual level. That's why we have Guru. That's why the Shastra is there. It's to take us to the other dimension, beyond the dimension of the senses, beyond the dimension of the mind and the mundane intellect. There is spiritual mind and spiritual intellect, and Krishna can provide that through the agency of the Guru, through the agency of Shastra. And then we can, uh, we can actually enter into an understanding of the un-understandable, but never fully. Even Brahma doesn't know the extent of Krishna's opulences. And to tell you the truth, either does Krishna. But he does. Okay. Well, how can... Because he can also have contradictory ideas can be held within the Supreme. He can both understand and not understand simultaneously. If he couldn't, then he wouldn't be God. God has to entail everything. So we're going to discuss a little bit, just a couple little sentences here, where we left off last time. In understanding the eternal nature of the Lord's leelas, his pastimes. So his, his birth and his actions never cease. They're always going on. Uh, they exist eternally in him. Of course, everything exists eternally in him. There's nothing outside of him. It should be noted that these pastimes, they don't have to... There's no mundane rules and regulations regarding the way. Krishna may come out of the pillar a little bit differently one in one manifestation than in another. It does. It may not be precisely exactly the same because there are factors that can change the way the Lord manifests his pastimes. So Jiva brings those up. And he says in his Anucheta, because of differences in their activities... There could also be a difference in the sense of identity, abhiman, of the different prakash manifestations that perform them, referring to the lila, <coughs> the actions, what we would consider action, beginning, end, but, but it's, it's eternal action. So, this abhiman, the way the Lord experiences and relishes these, are affected by the circumstances. And the circumstances may not always be exactly the same because the devotees also have some significant play in the Leela. So the way Krishna, his, his very sense of identity, of who he is, is affected by the way at that particular time that his devotee is, con is loving him, is conceiving of that love, is expressing that love, is feeling that love. That affects, that's the way love is. It's a two-way street going back and forth. So this affects the identity 
Now we can see this in a this is being this is talking about a very subtle sense of Abhiman, Abhimana. But we can see it in the Leela itself to bring out sometimes. Like Krishna wanted to wanted to kind of gauge how the gopis were thinking of him, and he manifested as Lord Narayan in Vraj to just get a sense of things. What do they think of God here? And Krishna could, for the purpose of Leela, manifest a different form. He could actually use his mystic power to manifest himself. He didn't become Narayan. Well, he's already Narayan, but the point was he didn't become what we would consider Narayan Vaikuntha. He just changed the form of Krishna, of himself. So it wasn't a Prakash manifestation, but it it was a special manifestation. And it was possible with all the gopis except Srimati Radharani. So we could see her love affected him in such a way that it was not possible. His sense of identity as Krishna could not be changed for the purposes of the Leela that he wanted to perform. So Jiva Goswami goes on because he says this carries over this this sense of identity carries over this being the case this being the case that Krishna is a, his identity is a little different based on his based on the environment and the manifestation and 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 the circumstances and the devotees a different sense of aesthetic relish, rasa, is awakened in each prakash as a result of the particular sequence of pastimes in the different places. So we're talking, this is the way God relishes the relationship with his devotees is also affected by different circumstances. The main point of Jiva bringing this up in the context that the pastimes of the Lord is eternal is to, again, reinforce the proper conception of the Prakash manifestations of the Lord and the eternality of the Leela, but to show that it's extraordinary that it's it's beyond mundane comprehension. This is God playing in his playground, performing his pastimes eternally. And again, this is to bring us, if you look at it in the context of the Sadika's practice, it's to bring us to that understanding and appreciation of how opulent is the Lord. How much are his opulences? What's the extent of them? When one is engaged in the Leela, these kind of thoughts are not going to come. The cowherd boys are taking lunch with Krishna and they all think that Krishna is sitting directly across from them and exchanging food with them and relishing a personal relationship with them so much they're thinking like that that 
Krishna likes me more than anybody else here. Everybody else is in the background. It's just me. You can see it's just me and Krishna. He's sitting across from me. So much so is this sense of I own Krishna for the for the the cowherd boys. The same thing with the gopis and the rasa dance. Krishna is dancing only with me. He's left all the other gopis aside. And he's pulled me aside specially. They don't see us. It's such a special, special relationship. And when you conceive of these pastimes are eternal, just to kind of comprehend what we're talking about as far as the Prakat Leela. The Prakat Leela has some special, some special differences. Like, Mother Yasoda can really show and manifest her full motherhood in the Prakat Leela, where in the Aprakat Leela, in Galoka, in the transcendental realm, not the Prakat Leela that manifests in the material realm, which she also participates in, she participates. That's the meaning of eternal associates. They're in all these leelas as much as Krishna is. That's a whole other realm of theology. I mean, to imagine that. There's not different Mother Yasodas. There's Mother Yasoda. And there's Nanda Maharaj. Now, when there's a Prakat manifestation, there's also demigods that enter into those moods. Well, not moods, into the, there's two personalities beyond comprehension. But the Prakat Leela, I mean, there's really demons killed there in the material realm. And these are going on continually throughout all the material universes in the middle of Brahma's day, every day of Brahma. And it seems like, my gosh, it's just such a, how can you comprehend the time span of a day of Brahma? Four billion, eight hundred million, you know, days. And there's Krishna in the middle of the day. And he's performing his pastimes. And these pastimes are eternal and they're going on eternally in all the universes in the material manifestation. And the way it's presented in Shastra to give us some point of conceptual reference according to our understanding of time is whenever he's done doing it there he does it here and there he does it here and then that same thing he does there and then to this and then he's just he's flying around all the universes no he's not leaving one universe for the other universe it's krishna enjoying these pastimes eternally in all the material universes, simultaneously enjoying them eternally in Goloka Vrindavan with the individual devotees, the Nichasiddhas and the Sadnasiddhas who have entered that realm. A further doubt is raised. Why is it said that these births and actions are one since they begin in different times and places, shouldn't they be counted as different? A couple little things are mentioned here. 
when you say you're chanting your japa, you're chanting your mantra on beads. When we say that, do we mean that you're chanting? It does not mean that you are chanting many mantras. You're chanting your mantra. Doesn't mean you're chanting many mantras. That's not the way we think of it. We're chanting japa. Even if you sing or chant for, even if the yogi sings or chants for hours, it is counted as one activity. The chanting of the mantra. That's the activity you're engaged in. You're not cooking, you're not cleaning, you're chanting. One activity. So in response to this doubt, it is said that the actions performed in different time frames are considered as one if they have the same form. It's different times, but it's one activity. You're chanting. You may be chanting for two hours, or if you're lucky, you may chant all day, depending on your depending on many things. There's some some strange, what I found a little bit strange, I'm sure they're not strange to the deep logical mind of the Vedantin, but to me, Jiva used the example of a statement by Sankaracharya in his Vedanta Sutra commentary. When we say cow, cow, you don't think of that as two different words. When we say twice cooked, it does not mean two different things have been cooked. So if you can enter into the deep meaning of, of these kind of Vedantic statements who have been, that have been translated into our language, English, it's another way of trying to convey Jiva is using Sankaracharya's commentary to, to, to con, try to convey to us a more understanding of the same concept. What did we say last time? It's a type of logic. What's the name of that kind of logic? Who remembers? Pounding the post. That's good. <laughs> Stuna. Nikanaya. Nana. Nikanaya. Not Naya. Why am I saying that? Stuna. Nikanana. Nyaya. Stuna. 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 Nikanana. Nikanana. Yes. Pounding the post. Driving the post. Strengthening our sedantic conclusions by providing so many supporting arguments that there's not room for any reasonable doubt. It's brought up that, especially from Krishna's point of view, it's one pastime. We may have a trouble seeing it as one pastime, eternal. From Krishna's point of view, he's playing with his devotees. He's exchanging love with his devotees. It's one pastime. It's eternal. He's eternally doing this in so many different ways. So these pastimes are eternal. It appears that he's doing it the same way, but he's not because there's different variations and a different relish for him. What's he doing? He's engaging in Leela in order to have a loving exchange with his devotees according to the way that they love him. 
so he and his associates are able to enjoy differently in different places while remaining under unaware Prakash manifestations. The Lord's birth is different from material birth. It is the Lord's appearance in the world in imitation of material birth and sometimes not an imitation at all. Shruti says, the unborn takes birth in many ways. The Lord was born from a Lord. A manifestation of the Lord came out of uh, Brahma's nose. Manifestation of the Lord came out of a pillar. Sometimes, what Jeeva is saying is it imitates material birth. It's not really material birth, but it imitates material birth. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Except when the child turned into Vishnu right in front of your eyes, then it'd be like, okay, that seemed like a regular birth, but I don't know if we can really call it a regular birth. Now, Mother Yasoda doesn't experience that. It's a little different. So there's no odd reverence there. And if there is, quickly Yoga Maya blows it away. She may look in Krishna's mouth and see herself and see all the universes and wow, wow, wonderful. Uh, well, Gargamuni said he's like a god. She doesn't look him as it's like a god. He has his power. He's he's as powerful as God. Look what I found, saw in his mouth. You know, and and then it's so it's a. So all the opulences are there in Galog Vrindavan. Every opulence, every every manifestation of the Lord's unlimited opulences are there, but they're not perceived in the way they are in, in the Vaikuntha atmosphere. Sri Vishnu, who resides in the core of every living being, this is from the Bhagavatam, appeared before Devaki, the embodiment of divine qualities, just as the full moon appears on the eastern horizon. Now Jiva's bringing in some praman just to, just to reinforce the fact of, here's from the Bhagavatam, we have these verses regarding the birth of the Lord. Then a manifestation of the Lord. To prove the veracity of the words of his servant, Prahlad Maharaj, that he is present in all objects, the Supreme Lord Hari appeared from the pillar of the royal court in a wonderful form, never before seen. That was neither that of a man nor of a lion. To understand all this, we do have to understand that the Supreme Personality of Godhead does not have to follow the laws of material nature. He can appear to, but he never is following the laws of material nature. So as the word is there, an imitation, it looks like. It's the reality, this is the illusion. It's also important to remember that. Also, the rules that govern spiritual nature are different from those that govern the material nature. Krishna gets his way no matter what. There's no material impediment. So even if there's any material natural thing, like 
nobody can lift a you know lift a mountain with a with their little finger. Well, Krishna can. There's no impediment there. His appearance, as I said last time, is, is light can be looked at like the phases of the moon. Somewhere the moon is always full. It's always a full moon. In the narration of Sri Kapila Dave's appearance, the following passage is found. So now, well, let's look at how this manifestation of the Lord is spoken about in the Srimad Bhagavatam and reconcile it if something seems to not reconcile with what I've... Let's pound the post some more. Let's make sure we can see. So in the Bhagavatam, there's a verse talking about Lord Kapiladev's appearance. The verse reads, The Lord took shelter of the semen, virya, of the sage Kardama. It's from the third canto. This should be explained to mean that the Lord came under the powerful influence. This is Jiva giving the proper way to look at this statement from the Bhagavatam. Powerful influence, virya. The Lord came under the powerful influence. And we can answer this. What's powerful enough to control the Lord? What one thing can control Krishna? Bhakti. Correct. That's exactly what it says. That's what Jiva Goswami is making the point of here. The Lord came under the powerful influence, virya, of Kardama's bhakti. So we could re- we could take the literal sense of the presentation in the Bhagavatam that the Lord took shelter of the semen of Kardama Muni, but no, this doesn't make it doesn't reconcile with what we're what we're hearing here. What does reconcile is he took shelter. He takes took shelter of the love of his devotee. Well, now that we can reconcile. That's within the realm of possibility. In fact, bhakti sometimes appears to overpower the Lord. Therefore, viryam apana should be taken to mean he appeared by the force of Kardama Muni's devotional intensity. What distinguishes the Lord's actions from ordinary acts is that they are exclusively manifestations of his natural bliss. Madhvacharya has explained this sutra. The Lord creates in the same way that an intoxicated man dances out of bliss and not to achieve anything. Narayana Samhita states, Sri Hari performs actions such as creation without any specific purpose. He does so purely out of pleasure, just as an intoxicated man dances. Since he is completely blissful, what purpose has he to achieve from creation? If even liberated beings delight in the self alone, how much more must this be so for the Lord, the supreme self of all? Then... 
Jiva Goswami says, okay, these are Shastric statements. In them, we can see that the point's being made that the Lord's not bound in any way. He's, in, he's, he's intoxica intoxicated by his own bliss in the, in the matter. So this is exemplifying the fact that there's no forced, he's not being forced in some way uh, to perform material actions. And I think that's the same point that, that we need to see in relationship to uh, Jiva's explanation of, of of Kardama Muni, the Kardama Muni statement from the Bhagavatam. He's not being forced in any way. Let's not... So in the same way, then you could say, well, Shastri's use these these analogies of a, just like a madman dances. But don't misunderstand those, Jiva says, because if you misunderstand those, you may think that the Lord is in some way incapacitated or incoherent. It's a way to look at the fact that he's detached from the material energy, but he's not detached from his senses the way a madman's detached from his senses. He's fully in charge of his senses. There's nothing to eat in India. There's no water on the ship. Just to see what's the context What's the Shastra trying to say to us? And what's the proper way of understanding what's being said? Owing to his excessive internal bliss, he had performed pastimes without having any purpose to accomplish. Every action we're accustomed to and we engage in we have something that we want. We have something to be gained or to be accomplished. Everything we do, everything, think of it. Think of something you do with, with no objective in mind. It's not common for us, but for Krishna, for the Supreme, what's to accomplish? Except in relationship to the love of his devotees, he has nothing to accomplish. That's the only thing that motivates him. And if you remember back, Jiva touched upon the point, even the creation of a universe is it, can be looked at in that light that Krishna is performing the action of creating a universe because some devotees still have some way to go. So let me provide them the opportunity to, to, to finish up. Of course, in their finishing up, they introduce other people, and then so we have perpetual manifestation of the universe. So as I said, this is a very long Anucheta. Uh, Moreover, his actions are not motivated by, motivated by a desire to enjoy. Rather, they are a display of his innate joy. Joy is his natural, that's just him. Joy personified. 
his Swarupananda. If he were to act in order to experience enjoyment, that would mean that there's something that he lacks. If he was doing something to enjoy, he, that means there's something missing in him. He's God. There's nothing missing in him. In fact, his very form is made up of transcendental being, awareness, and bliss, just as ours is made up of material gunas. What a separation. <laughs> Setting aside these examples, like the madman, Setting aside these examples, Jiva goes on, the real point is that Bhagavan's pastimes are natural and spontaneous manifestations of the bliss inherent in his essential nature. What yearning can there be in one whose desires are naturally and completely fulfilled? The wives of Kaliya prayed, Our obeisances unto you who are always who always enjoy in your own nature, a praman to support the concept Jiva's presenting in his Anucheta. Because the Lord's pastimes are not material and have no self-motivating factor, they're powerful enough to attract the Atmarama like Sukadev. What else could attract him? except a level of ananda, swarupananda, that exceeded his, ver his own. He's already completely self-satisfied. The only kind of action that could attract him has to be an action that's more powerful than anything that he himself is experiencing in his own self-satisfaction. So I'll stop there. Thank you so much for your association. Hare Krishna.